I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting now in the midst of a pandemic. Psychologist Dr. Lisa Damore, author of two New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co-host Rena Ninen, a journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 13, How Do I Get My Kid to Do Homework? I feel like I'm working seven days a week, like harder than I ever have before. I feel the same way. I feel like I've never worked so hard in my life as I am right now. But you know what the frustrating part is? I feel like I can never get my kids to do what I need them to do. <laughs> like you're working triple overtime and they're it's like, yeah, it's not picking up their own slack. Triple overtime. That's why I, I took some satisfaction in seeing this in our inbox from a mom who wrote this letter, which just hit so close to home for me. It says, I'm a new podcast listener and have been really enjoying your show. My question is regarding my five-and-a-half-year-old who's currently attending in-person all-day kindergarten. He takes a bath after coming home, and then it's playtime or screen time until dinner time. Bedtime routine starts after dinner. He's been having homework with kindergarten that's assigned on Fridays, and it's usually due the following Friday. Previously, I've been able to get him to finish the homework on weekends, so we haven't had to worry about it during the week. The most ideal situation, in my opinion. However, the increase in homework load, we've been splitting it up to be done over a couple of days. He has been adamant about having his play or screen time first, then dinner time, and only then will he willingly do his homework. Here's my gripe. Doing his homework before bedtime when he's already tired from the day, and number two, I'd like to establish the habit of work before play, but I also understand that he'd like to rest before doing work because come on, we adults feel the same way, right? How do I find a good compromise that sets a good habit without him developing resentment towards the task of doing homework 
so he's not doing homework right before bed when it's evident. He's tired. Okay, this letter is amazing. Right? It hits on so many things that I feel right now I'm struggling with. Well, and it hits on all of these sort of essential elements of kids and homework and routine and reward and rest. Yeah. And what I love is you've got this mom who gets it that even with a five-year-old, we want to be thoughtful about the patterns and habits that get laid down around how homework gets done. And and I love that we can take, you know, let's think it through for her kid, but then the things that we will think through and that she actually puts on the table really do stretch all the way up through, you know, middle school, high school, college, and work life, you know, beyond, yeah. you know, kindergarten and elementary school. It's pretty remarkable, First off, really. Homework in kindergarten, wow. Can I just yeah. say, I, I didn't even realize kids were getting homework in kindergarten. But to her point, like, what parent doesn't want their kid to come right away home? Okay, fine, I'll give you 10 minutes, have a snack, but start your homework so none of us have to worry about this anymore. Well, and that is probably an adjustment that she should push for here, which is this idea of trying to get homework as early into the lineup in the evening as possible. And, and you know, she's this is, it's all new still. You know, they're just transitioning to this idea of weekday homework, so there's room to work. But one thing I have definitely seen in my work as a psychologist is at any age, the later it gets that homework begins, the worse it all goes. So this is definitely an adjustment. And, and she's right and you're right that it's fair to give kids a beat when they get home from school, whether it's a snack, a little TV show, a little downtime. And then especially if we think about kids who are not leaving physically to go to school and don't have maybe a bus ride to decompress or things like that, it's fair to give them a little rest and a little chance if they need it to just unwind, but then to push for homework to get going early. But, you know, what's that time, right? I mean, like, do you give him an hour? Do you give him two? Like, I, at our house, if my son wants to play Xbox, you've got to finish everything before you can log on. And, and as you've, you know, I always say you're the reason why we end up getting the Xbox because you talk about socializing <laughs> with boys. You said it's something they did pre-pandemic. You told us a few episodes back. Um, and so he gets on with the other boys. But And I've noticed the other moms are pretty much the same. They, all the boys have to finish their homework. Then they can enjoy that time. Well, so that's a pretty good system, right? That there is a very highly desirable reward waiting for him when he gets his homework done. So maybe he gets a different kind of downtime, you know, maybe just a little snack, a little TV or something like that, then hits the homework, but the Xbox waits. And the other thing, I mean, Xbox is a perfect example of that. If you feel like it's going to be hard to pull the kid away, right? A whole bunch of other kids are involved. There's not a natural break because maybe those other kids could go on for a long time. That's probably not the right downtime before a kid gets down to business on their homework. Hmm. Is having that sort of reward system ever a bad thing? No, actually it's not. And and this is something I took up in my most recent column, which also made me really psyched to see this letter from this mom, around like motivation and kids getting motivation to do their schoolwork. And there's a there's a pretty um, extensive body of psychological research on this. And I, I want to unpack it a little because I think um, it hangs out too much on the academic side and it has so much to tell us on the, you know, on the ground, real life parenting yeah. side. So when educational psychologists talk about motivation, we actually talk about two different types. We talk about intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. And the best way to think of these 
is to think of it as intrinsic motivation is almost a lot like fascination, where you're just really drawn to something. It's um, like the book you can't put down. It's the the work that's so engaging that the work itself is its own reward. And I mean, that's awesome if it's happening. Um, and then there's extrinsic motivation where we engage and do things because either we have to or else we'll get in trouble. So like the extrinsic motivation is like not getting punished or it's we're doing it because Xbox is, wa- box is waiting for us or we're doing it because we're getting a salary to do the work. And so, you know, these are just two different mechanisms of motivation. And the only place I think where this can go wrong and this sometimes happens, especially in educational circles, is this sense that like the better one is the intrinsic one. You know, the be- it's better if you have intrinsic motivation. And well, I mean, it is because it's effortless and it's, you know, nice to have intrinsic motivation. But you can't always get there, right? Kids don't always have intrinsic motivation or sometimes they love one subject more than another or they're really into something on Monday but not Wednesday. And so what I like to think about And then we can get really practical about what this looks like. What I like to think about is stacking the deck for intrinsic motivation, and we know what we can do, but really helping kids think about these as two different gears that just move them down the academic road, and that they, at their best, students learn to switch between these gears. Like when they've got intrinsic motivation, they ride on that. And when the intrinsic motivation is dried up or gone or not showing up, they can switch into extrinsic motivation to still get it done. So give me an example. Like how do I make this work with school life for them? Okay. So when we say stacking the deck for intrinsic motivation, because truly, if you can get intrinsic motivation, that does make everything a lot easier. The kinds of things that we know really matter are things like giving kids some autonomy, right? So it may be saying to your son, dude, you do have to do your homework, but you can decide the order in which you take it on, or you can decide where you do it, right? If you want to do it at the kitchen or in the dining room or, you know, laying on the living room floor, I don't care. Um, So a degree of autonomy and say makes a difference in terms of kids being into their work. Um, Support, like praise, Even though praise, people are like, well, that's extrinsic motivation. Okay, well, it turns out that the right kind of praise actually supports intrinsic motivation. And when we say the right kind of praise, it's got to be sincere. You want to praise effort, not talent. Be like, I see how hard you're working. It's awesome. And it's got to be supportive, not um, kind of domineering. So it's got to be like, you did such a good job, not you did such a good job, just like I expected you to. You know, so as long as we're in a good place and in a really um, like kind of heartfelt and, and generous place with our praise and it's, it's real and it's true and it's really admiring the kid, that really helps. Um, so those are the things we can do. And also making sure our kids feel like they, they have a grip on the work. Like when the work is way too hard or overwhelming, there's not going to be intrinsic motivation. I want to back up for a second. We, yeah. we were talking about praise the effort, not the talent. Why is that so important not to say like, oh, wow, look at it. You're so great at reading. Wow. Why do you say it's so important to praise? Like, I like how hard you're working on this reading. Why is that better to phrase it that way? That's a great question. So there's a super long answer that we might spend time on in another episode around growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Um, and I think some of our listeners will know that that's the area in which I'm working. But the bottom line is praise what kids can control. So if you're like, oh, you're such a smarty, right? It has that sense of like, lucky you, you're super smart. 
And then when they're struggling, they can have this feeling of like, oh, maybe I'm not so smart, but it doesn't feel like something that they have say over. Whereas if you say, you know what, you're crushing it and you're crushing it because you are working. Mm -hmm. Then when they're feeling unsure or uneasy, they can fall back on something they have say over, which is how hard they work. I found when kids struggle with a certain subject, they're bad in math, sometimes they'll be like, oh, I'm so dumb, I'm so dumb, I can't do this. And you want to help build their confidence, right? I find the more you start doing multiplication facts and long division, you get greater confidence. But you're saying don't focus on telling them how smart they are, even if they feel like they're not smart at all. Probably not. But here's what you could do, right? So any kid who's like, I don't get math, I'm dumb at math, I can't do math. What usually you can point to is some other domain of that child's life where they didn't used to know what they were doing. So you can say, okay, but remember the first time you got your skateboard and like how you fell on your butt like a hundred times and then you kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. Okay, this is like that. So it's true. You do not know what you're doing. It is true. You feel like you're falling down a lot. But the same persistence that you use to figure out the skateboard is the exact same persistence that is going to come through for you here. Mm. So to the topic of getting them to do this, like what really <laughs> works as a motivator, right? <laughs> to, if What if there isn't like an Xbox, you know? Um, my son has the Xbox. My, my daughter doesn't. So she'll play for hours and hours and then at the end realize, oh my gosh, I haven't done my homework yet. So, okay, so this this idea of like, if intrinsic motivation isn't happening, which sometimes kids are not like, yay, my homework, like I can't wait to do it, right? Which is often most of the time they're not like that. Then like time to bust out the extrinsic motivation. And and I really like there's no shame in that. And and the first place I like to start, okay, Rena, I have highly elaborate systems for making myself do work I don't want to do. Okay, really? but what are yeah, yeah, but what are yours? Like I know you have. Like if you have something that you're like, this is a beast, I don't want to tackle it, or I don't want to make that call, or I don't want to do this thing. What have you used in your career and also in your home life, you know, to get yourself to do the things you don't want to do? Procrastination. That's why I'm the whole that I'm in. It's called procrastination. You mean creating time pressure is what I'll call it. (laughs) I like how you turn it into such a lovely psychological term, even my struggles. You know, I, I read this book a while ago and it's like, swallow the frog. You wake up in the morning and you do the thing you really hate to do the most. And I I use the word hate, it's pretty strong. Like I, in an ideal circumstance, love to work out in the morning. I know I've knocked it out, it'll help me feel good. I'm not always motivated to work out. Or you know, if I've got a list of things to do, it's the one thing I'm really, really dreading because I'm just not into that thing. I try to do that first or by a certain time. And I find the earlier I do it, I knock it out, I'm done. And then I don't keep thinking about it and it doesn't bring me down. Okay, so you say procrastination, but what you really describe is you grab the bull by the horns, do the nastiest job, and then you can relax into and enjoy the rest of it, is, yeah. is it sounds like what you're describing. So one way we could frame that up, and this is something you can then take to kids, is you actually use the intrinsic motivation for the work you want to do as the reward for doing the thing you don't want to do. So you have a bunch of stuff on your list and you're like, okay, here's the one I don't want to do, but there's all the stuff I do want to do. So even tasks, and this is a really interesting idea, like even tasks and jobs, things that are not obviously playful, can be rewards if you're like, but I'm into those ones. Those are interesting. That will be gratifying. So you do that. 
And we can actually show kids how to do that. When they're like, oh, I can't even start my homework. You can say, all right, which of this, like, do you find really interesting? And which of this is basically a slog? Okay, here, one strategy is to put the slog stuff first, get it out of the way so you can get to the stuff you like and use the stuff you like as the reward for doing the stuff you didn't feel like doing. Mm -hmm. Now, I go opposite from you. Okay. I am, okay, so among Which is true about a lot in life. (laughs) (laughs) But it just shows you, like, there's a million ways to get it right, right? There's a million ways to get it right. So I am, like, the queen of the to-do list, and there is nothing, there's little in life that gives me as much pure delight as crossing off the last item on a to-do list. Mm. And so for me, I will actually put the gnarliest task last because I find it easier to get started on my work, and a lot of kids find this too, easier to get started if I do something I want to do. And then I roll, 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 roll through my to-do list, and then I get to that ugly item at the bottom, and my wish to cross off the last thing is greater than my wish to not do that thing. And so I put the frog at the bottom, and that's how I get it done. Wow, I I would never that thought would never have crossed my mind to swallow the frog at the end of the day, not the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but this is okay. So these are the conversations we need to have with kids, and yeah. and when I say these conversations, I mean a much more open discussion of the fact that every functioning grown up has stuff they don't want to do and has already developed elaborate systems for hacking themselves into doing mm-hmm. it anyway, mm-hmm. and. We all do this. This is going on all the time. I mean, I, I've got three other, four other wild strategies I use, which I'm very happy to confess. But um, what's interesting to me is we carry on and get our work done this way. And a lot of kids walk around feeling like, oh, isn't that so neato that that person feels like doing it and can mm-hmm. get down to business? Mm-hmm. And and then they're like, oh, I can't wait till that feeling drops on me that I want to do this. And mm-hmm. It's so much more useful to kids if we're like, oh, no, no, I don't want to do it, but mm-hmm. here's how I do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's so true. And, and I, I have to admit, and this is so horrible to admit, like my daughter had a presentation about herself to make and doing slideshows. And it's like the morning of, it's due, and I'm helping her like empty it in so she can you know, get to school on time. And, and my husband's like, don't be that mom who's like doing the presentation for the kid. Like, I, I know, but I want this done. It's got to be finished. And she didn't finish, you know. And I just feel like we're all struggling with so much at home with work and doing things at home that, you know, just an extra workload with on that front that we sometimes maybe cut corners or can't figure out how to do this that's going to set them on the right track for the future. It is hard. I mean, it's there's that weirdness, first of all, of like the overlap of life, like like life at home and our kids' school work and our professional lives. I mean, like it's all sort of rolled up together in a weird way right now. And then, you know, I don't know what was going on with your daughter around that assignment in particular, but I have to tell you, as much as this mom is talking about kind of garden variety stuff around how do kids do school and how do we get them to do what we want them to do or they should do, I have never heard motivation be as low for kids in school yeah. right now. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I've never heard it at these low levels that here we are, it's like basically early November and kids are like, I don't want to do it anymore. And you're like, okay, but the year just got rolling. Right. So it's compounded by how hard this year is. Yeah. Um, and then for some kids, it's not even like in person. And so then it feels that much more hard to get kind of, you know, invested in and Completely. get some juice for it. 
So I, I think a lot of families are feeling this right now. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back on the Ask Lisa podcast. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herb squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa. EarthBreeze EcoSheets look just like a dryer sheet, but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and it gets them so clean. Here's the bottom line. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I actually did something good, not just for my laundry, but also for the earth. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. That's earthbreeze.com slash asklisa to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. So I'm really starting to feel it in my mid-40s, just how much stress, hormone fluctuation, and the lack of sleep can really affect the way your skin looks, from dry skin to dark spots and acne. This is why I love One Skin. They can really help. They've got a simple skincare routine that tackles skin issues at the cellular level. I love that this is an all-women team of scientists. One Skin's developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to actually improve the health of your skin beneath the surface. No irritation, no complicated multi-step routine. It's so simple. I really have felt the difference in how my face looks after using this product. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspect of aging. One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. So get started today. Try it out with 15% off using the code AskLisa at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code AskLisa. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them the Ask Lisa podcast sent you. Welcome back to the Ask Lisa podcast. But you know, I love when our podcasts are just so relatable to our personal life as adults. And I just think that we're in this, like, it feels like this black abyss. We don't know what to expect. And the fact is, it's it's going to get yuckier as we continue on. So like, what needs to happen? You know, especially as some kids are, are lucky enough to be in school, others are remote. It is so much harder when you are remote. So what really matters in this point of you know, is sticking to a routine important? Like, how do you, when you're talking about motivation, what needs to happen to have kids self-motivate? 
Okay, so like, let's think about it. Like, let's come up with a recipe to support kids' motivation, and let's think about all the ingredients. And 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 I think we want to like, I'm going to try to rattle off as many as I can because you know how different every family is and how different every kid is. And so, I'm gonna I'm gonna set myself like the goal of like maybe I can come up with five or six ingredients for your kids' motivation recipe. On the idea that some families will need a couple of these, some families will need other ones of these. Okay, so you said the magic word, a magic word. One of them, routine, right? And this is part of what this mom is asking about. Like, should we change the routine? The answer is yes. So part of how we support motivation is having routinized times when the schoolwork gets done. So if you're in a position or your kid's in a position every day when they're like, so when I, I wonder when I'm going to do my homework today, like you're already in trouble. Mm. <laughs> so, so the first step or a first ingredient in supporting motivation for kids is there should be a very predictable pattern regardless of how they do school. And I actually think for a lot of us, it's all about to get jumbled up again. Um, even with the new, if new schedules and new systems come down f- from schools as things get, you know, as the rates rise, Put in a routine and put in a routine time for when the work gets accomplished. Like that should not be up for grabs. So that's one. Another one would definitely be praise. Like I actually think we owe it to kids so big right now. If they are upright and trying, (laughs) I think we should be like, buddy, I see you. You are really working. I know you're not into this. I know you don't dig it. I'm really impressed. Um, I think that's huge. Okay, so we got two, Arena. All right, three, trying to support intrinsic motivation in other ways, giving them say, giving them autonomy. Okay, that's three, four, being really open about our extrinsic motivation strategies. Okay, Rena, so you've got Swallow the Frog first. What else do you have? Like what other like rewards, treats, you what know, else do I, you like? I don't really believe in, in giving, um, in our house, we don't at least do allowances, but I guess we kind of have <laughs> turned into it. I... I we review at the end of the week and we pretend we have an e-bank and um, we have very little money, but money, I say, I really loved your behavior on this and this and here. And that's been such a big motivator to your point of saying, you know, their actions, like applauding their actions can make a difference. So like an e-bank, so like if your son's really buckled down or really, you know, dealing with the difficult situation we're all in, you're saying to him, like, I really see what you're up to. Yeah. I see how hard you're trying. Yes. And then an e-bank, like you give him um, credits like, for it's things. It's like $3 or? a week that he sometimes uses to buy things on Xbox or, or whatever. And we say at the end of the month, they can use that money towards something. And it, money is also deducted if they, you know, like hit their sister or uh-huh. um, had a massive temper tantrum, didn't do their homework or their chores. And we kind of look at the week and see what we like and didn't like. Okay, so there's sort of like a let's look back on the week and like what did you handle well and what did you not handle well and how can I give you a carrot, right, to keep you going. So, okay, there's that. Um, So that, I think we're on five. (laughs) Lost track. So there's that extrinsic motivator. Another one that I think it's kind of 5.A or 5, you know, like they're sort of connected is – Asking kids what they find would find motivating. So you've kind of done that, right? You know that yeah. he wants, you know, these E credits. I am always amazed by how creative kids can be. And this especially gets to teenagers yeah. where they're struggling if they're having a hard time getting their work done. One of the things I learned from teenagers is a lot of them use or some of them use 
they were telling me, they're like, oh, you just pull up a YouTube study buddy. And I was like, oh. excuse me? What? And they, so if you Google, if you go to YouTube and you Google study buddy, yeah, what comes up are all of these videos of these very earnest looking, like looks like college age students in beautiful libraries, hard at work. And um, there's a timer so you can time how long you study alongside them. Some of them have music, some of them don't. And so, like, what what they're offering is companionship while you study. You're not by yourself, but it's also not a friend who's going to distract you because if they FaceTime with each other, they often end up chit-chatting. Oh, well, so what a relief. I thought it was a different kind of friend you were going to be introducing us to. Glad it's no, not it's, like, it's like a total stranger who you never oh meet, God. but, like, boy, do they look studious. So stuff like that that grownups would never think of. Wow. I'm hearing from teenagers works really well or, you know, sometimes – I've I've used this personally, but teenagers will do it too. Like going to a place that's somewhat public to work, you know, probably not a coffee shop right now, mm-hmm. but, you know, if it's nice, like going outside or um, in a library, if it's big enough and safe enough, because I think there can be this sense of like, it's a little embarrassing to like, you know, surf social media if you're in the library because somebody might see you. So it sort of shames you into just oh, focusing. Wow. So things like that and really, really talking with kids about it. So I guess like, let's just call this six, like. Really, really asking kids what would work for them. So putting forward our own ideas about extrinsic rewards and then saying, you know, I know this is not what you want to be doing or I know you just can't face, you know, one more project tonight. Like what would help? I mean, do you want want to tell me what you want for dinner? And if I have it in the house, I'll make it happen. Or do you want me to sit with you? Do you want me to bring my laptop and sit next to you and I'll just work quietly? But um, really counting on the inventiveness and creativity mm. of kids. And and then, of course, like wrapped up in that idea is making it very clear that we're totally at ease with the idea that they need this kind of scaffolding to get the work done, not making it a shameful thing. Mm. That's really great advice. Before we go, I want to talk a little bit about our For Children Everywhere. It's a charity that we always like to plug. And this week we decided to plug the GoFundMe account for COVID-19 Relief Fund. I know it can be so uncertain right now, but what we do know certainly is people need help. So be sure to check out our show notes, and we'll have a link there as to how you can help people who are still suffering in a big way from this pandemic. And we also want to announce we've got a special upcoming episode dealing with getting into college. Tell us about that, Lisa. Okay, so we're going to have our first guest, Rena. I'm very excited. It's Jeff Salingo, who is the author of this recent really big book called Who Gets In and Why? A Year Inside College Admissions. He did an unbelievable job of reporting on really what happens inside college admissions, and he's going to join us to answer questions. So we'll call it like Ask Jeff that week instead of Ask Lisa. So what we want people to do is send in your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com about college admissions. And if you have young kids, you can send in questions about like, what should we be doing now if you're if that's on your mind? If you have late high schoolers or high school age kids, send them in. And Jeff has um, graciously agreed to basically do a speed round with us to answer as many as absolutely possible. So send those questions in. That episode will drop late in November. Can't wait for that. He is such an expert. So great to have him on. And to wrap it up, what's your parenting to go this week? Okay, so my parenting to go is something I have been using a lot in my own home lately. And it was given to me, unfortunately, I don't know her name, but but this wonderful mom that I encountered shared this with me. 
about how to get your younger kid to pick up their stuff. Ooh, <laughs> so this good is one. Back, <laughs> back into motivation. So maybe this works better with girls than boys, but I bet there's another word that works just as well with boys. But um, she taught me to refer to all of the detritus that my younger daughter leaves around the house as sparkle. Sparkle? <laughs> to say, yes, honey, your sparkle is everywhere. <laughs> I need you to pick up your sparkle. And you can easily imagine what word is really in my mind when I'm saying exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. But there's something so funny and delightful about it that it just takes some of the heat out of it. And actually, my, my almost 10-year-old daughter is... Um, we, we sometimes nickname her like the sparkle fairy and like it's really well-meaning because she is she's got this bubbly huge funny personality but then it makes it that much more um germane for her when we're like honey you sparkle fairy your sparkle is everywhere could you put it away oh i love that sparkle i could use that in my life um great advice we will see you next week i want to remind everyone to uh, check us out on instagram and twitter at ask lisa podcast thank you so much lisa you bet see you next week see you next week Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.